opportunity to come and speak with you guys tonight, and um, just really humbled um, to be able to share a little bit of um, a little bit of who I am and a little bit of what we do um, on a daily basis. Um, so um, this verse here, kind of, uh, I don't know. Somebody called the clinic. Uh, probably six months ago, and ask uh, or something. There was a, somebody was asking what my favorite verse was, and, and Beth and I both answered um, Philippians three twelve. And so I want this to kind of I want Jesus to be the foundation of, of what I say tonight, um, but I want this verse to kind of guide um, guide kind of where I head and guide your thoughts about me, um, who I am. Um, I'm not a professional speaker. Um, frankly, I'm not that great at being a physical therapist. Um, I'm not, uh, this is not what I do, and I just feel really humbled by the opportunity to do it. And I don't want to stand up in front of you as any kind of example um, in any way, shape, or form, because that's just not me. Um, not that I've, I have already attained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Um, Melissa swore that she was going to make y'all cry, and I swore that I was going to cry. So <laughs> that's kind of how this whole deal will work out. Um, Jesus has been trying to take hold of me. For a long time, and so that's why that's so. That's why that verse is so important. Um, what I want to talk to you guys tonight about um, is defining absolute truth in a world without absolutes. Um, Chet uh, kind of gave me the larger topic of using your work to reach others for Jesus, um, and. We deal with a lot of folks. Um, it's so awesome to have Beth here who um, but she also shares so much of the, the ups and downs of what we do on a daily basis from a business perspective. Um, and she knows like the heart and soul that goes into this place. Um, and also Carrie. Um, I told you I was going to do it, Melissa. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> um, so, just going back there, defining absolute truth in a world without absolutes. Um, what I hope to achieve tonight is I hope to, to tell you <clears throat> what I believe to be absolutely true. The only thing I believe to be absolutely true. Um, and also to share with you the number of people out there in our community that do not believe in absolutes, do not believe in truth, um, and the need for us as a people to lovingly show them um, that there is truth and that truth is in Jesus. Um, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Um, 
Jesus has knocked on my door a couple of times. And I can tell you many stories about um, broken jaws, strokes, heart surgeries, and all of these in my life have made all the difference. It's made all the difference. And so I'm so thankful that Jesus took me to this point um, and showed me these two roads and said, bro, you can go either way. Um, And I'm so thankful that he loved me enough to show me. Um, And that's made all the difference, and it's not of my making. So, this is going to take a while. (laughs) If you're not already figuring that out, this is going to take a while. Um, No, it's not going to take a while. Hopefully not. Chet said I had 72 minutes. Um, So, Chet gave this awesome um, analogy last week of the bridge being out um, and the need for us as true believers of Jesus to notify the people on the bridge, boldly, the bridge is out. Boldly, lovingly, the bridge is out. And I thought that was such an awesome analogy. Um, And so probably everything from this point forward is going to be plagiarized in some form or fashion. There probably won't be many more original thoughts. Um, Horizon Physical Therapy is the Lord's business that He has blessed us with. Um, Beth and Carrie can attest to the fact that it is a labor of love. Um, It's a labor of love. It truly is. We're blessed to... um, We're blessed to have just an awesome staff of people that really love being with each other. Um, We we really enjoy being with each other. Um, And there's such a responsibility within those walls every day. There's such a responsibility um, to be 100% authentic um, in, in what we do. Um, and I think part of that, uh, we would say, is the ability just to share our lives with people and just to be open with people and just to be honest with people and just to love people. Um, so this is not an advertisement for Horizon Physical Therapy, though. Um, so let's talk about the truth for a second. There's one thing that is true, and Scripture points to it over and over again. Jesus is the truth. Okay? Jesus is the truth. Over and over again, Scripture points to that one thing as being true. In this world where there are no absolutes, we can hold firm to the fact that Jesus is true. To the Jews who believed in Him, Jesus said, If you hold to My teaching, then you are really My disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. No one. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Um, In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world was to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to Me. The interesting thing here is that Pilate retorted, what is truth? And he was standing in the presence of the only person in the history of time that could truly answer that question. But he didn't even stay to listen to the answer. He turned and walked off. 
How many of us in our lives, how many of us are surrounded by people that when confronted with the truth, we say, what is truth? And we turn around and walk off and we wash our hands of it. Um, We're able to pour our heart out on a daily basis only because Jesus has poured his heart out so much for us. Um, We're able to come after people only because Jesus has so pursued us. And we can boldly proclaim the truth out of love because we know that Jesus is truth. We know that Jesus is truth. Um, Davis, our son, and I were in uh, Boston, Massachusetts two summers ago. We were going from um, Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. He wanted to go lobster hunting and rock climbing um, in (laughs) in Maine. And uh, so anyway, so we took, a, we took a stop in Harvard because I was kind of dangling the carrot. You know, I was like, this, <laughs> this is where the smart kids go, all right? <laughs> so <laughs> I went to Georgia, but we, we're, not, you know, we're not settling with that. No offense, but let's, <laughs> let's shoot for the moon. So we went, to, we went to Harvard and we walked around Cambridge, um, and a couple of things really struck me. The first thing that really struck me was that um, this is called the Harvard Crimson Shield, I believe is what they call this. But um, this, this is all over everything on campus. Everywhere you go, you see this logo. Um, and so Davis and I, on, the, on this trip, Beth and I do this every summer with the kids, and we've been blessed with the ability to go and have these trips with these kids where we just spend one-on-one time with them. And inevitably, the Lord brings something along the way into our path where we can talk about him one-on-one with the kids. And it's just such an awesome experience. And this was one of those things where we kept on seeing Veritas, Veritas, Veritas all over. And Veritas is Latin for truth. Um, and so I kept on asking Davis, I said, D, do you think, D, do you think that people know the truth here? Do you think that people know what Veritas is, what truth is? Um, and so that was kind of a talk, a good talking point uh, from the trip. And I remember we went to a, uh, we were walking back to our car, heading up to Maine, and uh, we walk across campus and we see a gift shop. And Davis picks one of these up and says, "Dad, will you buy this for me?" Yeah, sure. And so on our way back to our car, we come to the original Harvard Chapel. Um, and I gotta say, it broke my heart because the original Harvard Chapel had been converted into a Universalist Unitarian church. Um, and my question was, did 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 they know truth? Did they know truth? Did the people that were walking around with truth on their sweatshirt and truth on their buildings, did they know truth? Uh, what truth was? In fact. When I started looking at it this week, and this is one of just those revelations from the Lord where the Lord was like, Jimbo, look into that. And so I just, in my spare time this week, I started looking into it and looking into the the original shield of the University of Harvard. And the interesting thing is that if we look at this shield on the left, which is the old Harvard shield from 1692, and then the new shield on the right that was changed sometime in the 19th century, we see a couple of distinct differences here. The first distinct difference that we see is that these two books here up top are face up. This book here, you may not be able to see it from there, but that book is face down. The original um, designers of this logo, what they said is that there is only so much knowledge that man can know. Okay, God contains all knowledge, but there is only so much knowledge that man can know. 
And so this bottom book is turned face down. We also see that in Latin, we see their original motto was truth for Christ and the church. Truth for Christ and the church. They had it together, I think. But now what we've done is we've changed that. We've eliminated Christ and the church, and we've just left truth. Okay? And what we've also done is we've flipped that bottom book face up because they said there's no knowledge that man can't know. Man can know everything. There's no limit to what we can know. Wrong. False. False. My question is, how long is it going to be when Davis and his son go to Harvard? How long is it going to be before they remove truth altogether? Okay? Because right now we know that Jesus is a bad word and the church is a bad word. How long until truth is a bad word? How long until truth is a bad word? Okay? Because I come across a lot of people on a daily basis that truth is a bad word. Okay? And I think the fact that that we are opposed to truth, I think that is, in essence, false. Winston Churchill said, The truth is the most valuable thing in the world. Indeed, it is so valuable that it is often protected by a bodyguard of lies. There it is, you know? Um, Like I said, I can plagiarize this to death. That's easy right there. Because on a daily basis, I see people that come into the clinic and the minute you mention Jesus, the minute you mention religion, we have a bodyguard of lies that our society has associated with the name Jesus that is not biblical at all. It is not scriptural at all. Okay, But I think it's evil's way of getting in the heads and the hearts and the minds of men and saying, nah, nah, you don't want any of that. So my question to you tonight is, if we consider Jesus truth, the only truth, the one eternal truth, He's the only truth that we ever need. If we consider Jesus the truth, what are the bodyguards of lies that our community has created around the truth that serve as stumbling blocks from People coming to know Jesus, coming to the foot of the cross and just saying yes to the truth. Okay? I think that there are certain things that the church, the non-biblical church has created. And I think that there are certain things that society has created that are, that are a bodyguard of lies surrounding the truth in our community. There are so many people that come in to see me and... I have to break down that bodyguard of lies before I can even try to present them with the truth. And so let's talk about some of the bodyguard of lies that we see in our community that are surrounding that truth that is Jesus. Racism. Okay? Political party affiliation. That's been in the news this week, right? Okay? I know a lot of people who are Democrats that the reason they can't be a Christian is because if they are, they have to vote Republican. I don't find that in any scripture, okay? I don't find that in any any scripture. Homophobia, okay? I've had somebody tell me, I can't believe in Jesus because my roommate's gay. That's not scriptural. That's not love. That's not Jesus. Um, Science and academia. I believe in science. Christianity doesn't believe in science. Can't be a part of y'all. All of these are lies 
that we have created, that the world has created, that evil has created, and that in some points in time the church has created that stand as stumbling blocks to people getting on their knees and saying Jesus is the truth. And so, some other things that we see. All religions are basically the same. I think it was C.S. Lewis said, if all worldviews are true, that means there's no such thing as false. Then what's the question to begin with? Right? I'm here to tell you, I've spent a lot of time talking to Jews, talking to Muslims, talking to atheists, talking to people who would consider themselves agnostic, talking to Baha'is. I've spent a lot of time reading and researching, and I'm here to tell you, they're not all the same. They are not all the same. Every religion makes truth claims that excludes all others. So they're either all false, or there can only be one truth. All right? They're not all the same. Absolutely, they are not all the same. Jesus was an awesome prophet. I had a lady just yesterday, and I told Carrie this morning, I said, the Lord brought like six people yesterday, and it was just like, all right, Jimbo, this is what you need to talk about too. Jimbo, this is what you need to talk about too. This, a lady said to me just yesterday in the clinic, she said, Jesus was just an awesome prophet and taught us some really great ways to live our life. He's just an awesome prophet. You know, really cool things. And I told her, I said, you know what I think? And she said, what's that? I said, I think Abraham Lincoln was a really awesome uh, World War II general. (laughs) And she said, what do you mean by that? And I said, I find nowhere in the scope of history where anybody, including Jesus himself and his disciples, referred to him as just an awesome prophet or an awesome teacher. Okay? And I mean absolutely no disrespect. I mean absolutely no disrespect. And please know that when I say this, I'm coming from the most humblest of places, okay? But he, he either was who he said he was, he didn't exist, or he was crazy. And we all know the truth. But he wasn't a, he wasn't a prophet. He never claimed to be a prophet. He never claimed to be a prophet, Okay? He claimed to be the Son of God, and what do we do with that? What does society do with that? Okay, that's the question. The other thing that I hear is it's narrow-minded to say my worldview is, is right and all others are not. That's narrow-minded. Who am I to say, you know, it's, everything's relative in our world today, okay? There are a lot of people, and I understand this because I live this. I live this, so I understand it. There are a lot of people, the reason they're Christian is because... The time and the place of history, the area of the country, and the family that they were raised in. And that's it. So if the only difference in me and the guy in Saudi Arabia is the difference in the homes that we were raised in, my faith is not that deep. My belief in the truth is not that deep. Okay? And so I don't think it's narrow-minded to say my worldview is right and all others are not. But let's look to what Jesus says. Let's look to what the truth says. If we go back to those verses, let's look at what the truth says. The truth doesn't mince words on it. The truth doesn't mince words on it. Um, Here are some other ones that 
that we see, the first one is one that, that we see in our church community. Not this specific church community, but the greater um, church community as a whole. I prayed some prayer to retreat in the, in the sixth grade, so I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm good to go. You know? I don't find anywhere in Scripture, and I've read through Scripture, and there are a lot of folks in here who have spent a lot more time reading Scripture and are a lot more knowledgeable than I am on Scripture. But I find nowhere in Scripture where Jesus pulled all the disciples together and said, guys, pray this prayer with me and then go do what you want to do because it's that easy. Okay? That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Truth is relative. It's relative. No, it's not. Truth is exclusive. You know why? Because if Porter takes a true-false test, she has to exclude false in order to choose true. She has to exclude false in order to choose true. So guess what? Like, if, I'm, if I have two options, I have to exclude one to choose another. Truth is not relative. How do we convey the truth? How do we convey the truth to non-believers? I know Jesus is truth. We know Jesus is truth. I feel it to the deepest core of my bones that Jesus is truth. How do we convey that truth to the non-believer? How do we convey that truth, like Melissa was saying, to the believer? Okay? The, the quote-unquote believer. I have to be sure of what I do believe, and I also have to be sure of what I do not believe. All right? I have to know this is why I'm Christian and this is why I am not Muslim. All right? So it might take us doing a little bit of legwork. It might take us investigating what else is out there. I think a lot of times we're intimidated by what else is out there. I'm not intimidated because the truth doesn't lie. The truth doesn't lie. We shouldn't be intimidated by having conversations with people who are staunchly opposed to Christianity and have dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's. Because the truth doesn't lie. And I don't have to have all the smarts because Jesus has got it figured out. So I, luckily, the guy from Alabama doesn't have to. Okay? I have to know what I believe, and I have to know what I don't believe. I have to have a full understanding of, this is why I'm not Jewish. I mean no disrespect, but this is why I'm not Jewish. This is why I'm not atheist. And I have to have a firm understanding of what that, what that means. Ravi Zacharias says, God has left enough clues in the natural world to make a belief in Him a reasonable thing. However, one cannot use reason alone as the basis for their belief. I can't find a scientific formula to prove to you why you should believe in Jesus. I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay? Jesus, if we look at the time that Jesus was born and the time that God chose to introduce His Son to this earth, okay, there was no telephone, there was no TV, there was no computer, there was no MySpace. Is that what y'all still do? MySpace. There was no MySpace. There was no MySpace.com. Um, hashtag MySpace. Um, if we look at the time in history that God chose to introduce His Son onto the face of the earth, okay, wouldn't it have been really easy now to put Jesus on YouTube, to stroll Him out and put Him on YouTube, and have Him perform some miracles, and all of us stand in awe watching on YouTube, 
Okay? But that, that's, it's not about that. There has to be some part of this where we take a faith leap. We have to take a faith leap. You know? We have to take a faith leap. It's just like when I married Beth. I married her with the understanding of we're jumping in this together and I don't have all the answers, but we're going to love each other. And so we have to do the same thing with Jesus and we can't, the, the non-believer can't ever expect me to be able to produce a scientific formula to prove or disprove all of it. Because I can use reason to reason my way into it. I can use reason to get my foot in the door, but there has to be a faith leap. But guess what? They're absolutely crazy. The atheist is absolutely crazy, okay, if they tell you they haven't also taken a faith leap. They're absolutely crazy, okay? Thinking that all of this just occurred out of chance, thinking that, thinking that the cries of our heart occurred out of chance, thinking that somewhere in some jungle there are two chimpanzees talking about the meaning of life, okay? To me, is the same faith leap that it requires to say, huh, here's a dictionary. I think a printing press exploded, right? When we see intelligent design, we have to know there was an intelligent maker that brought it all about, okay? So, every worldview requires a leap, of, a leap of faith. Even the atheist, the staunch atheist. I know of no supposed person, a time at the supposed occurrence of the Big Bang that can attest to what occurred at that point. It's a faith leap. It's a faith leap. I choose to step out in faith based on the one that claims to be true based on the one that claims to hold the key to eternity, and based on the one that helps me make sense of this mess. Because atheism doesn't do it. And the people that we see that claim these worldviews, they're crying. They're crying. Because I've had a bad day. I've had a bad day. The only thing that helps me make sense of that bad day is the truth of Jesus Christ. And I can't imagine how much worse a bad day would be without the truth of Jesus spoken over and over again into my stupid, prideful heart. I can't imagine it. We have to present reasonable arguments for the truth and reasonable arguments against other worldviews. Lovingly, we have to do it. Not judgment, not being judgmental, but loving. We also have to speak to the deep cries of the human heart. And just like Melissa Pepin said, in doing so, we have to bear our souls. We got to bear our souls to these non believers to help them realize that, like, you know, I screw up. And I've got a bunch of baggage. I do. And I'm not proud of it. Um, but I think the gospel message is taking a negative and turning it into a positive. And so the way we turn the skeletons in our closet into a positive for Jesus Christ is by sharing those skeletons with other people. That's how we do it, guys. We have to break down the non-believers' erroneous preconceived notions about who Jesus is and show them what being a true follower is really about. One of the big problems with growing up in the Bible Belt is that everybody checks the box of Christian. 
And I had an atheist tell me, he said, I refuse to believe in Christianity because I see so many hypocrites. He said, so many of my friends are Christians and they're hypocrites. And I don't disagree with that, but how many atheists do you know that are hypocrites? Zero. Because they don't have to adhere to any standard, right? It's very easy to be exposed as a hypocrite if I'm, ex- if, if I'm trying to aspire to a perfect standard, right? But in a standardless world, no way I can be a hypocrite, Right? So there's some problem with that logic there. We need to differentiate between theology and religion. I have a lot of people, most of the atheists and the agnostics that I come in contact with, they grew up in a hardcore legalistic environment or their parents grew up in a hardcore legalistic environment. And I don't just mean Christian. I mean um, a lot of different worldviews, okay? We have to differentiate between theology and religion. A lot of times with religion, man is the central focus. Okay, That is a totally different conversation than a theological conversation where God is the central focus. Okay, We have to strip away the negative religious experiences so that we can have a theological conversation about God and about His plan for our life and about His purpose through Jesus Christ. We have to be patient and measured with these people. We have to be patient and measured. Okay? The Lord has been so patient with me. He has been so patient with me. And over and over again, when I get frustrated and say, why can't this guy get it? The Lord speaks to me and says, look in the mirror, bro. Look in the mirror. Because He first loved us, we are able to go out and love others the same way. Be patient and be measured in your speech. Be patient and be measured with these people. Start with milk. Don't start with steak. If you're talking to a non-believer, start with milk. Start with the simple stuff like, yeah, sometimes life stinks. And do you ever struggle sleeping at night? Yeah, guess what? Me too. You know, And do you ever wonder if there's something more to this than just this? Yeah, me too. It's real hard for a non-believer to, to, to put their head on the plane of transfiguration and all of these really difficult constructs that are sometimes hard for me to grasp when I see it in Scripture. I'm not doubting the truth of it all, but it's hard for me to grasp. So let's try to feed these people milk and not start with steak. Again, I don't know the specific scripture, but where Christ says the greatest of these is love, I think the greatest way that we reach people is by loving people. I think the greatest way that we reach people is by loving people. And we have to love people, even the people that it sometimes turns our stomach to try to love them. It's real easy to love the people that are attractive and you've got a lot of stuff in common and, you know, they, they're into myspace.com. It's real easy to love those people, okay? It's difficult to love the people that stand in staunch opposition to your worldview and want nothing more when they walk in the door but to tear you limb from limb. But you know what? They're worth saving too. Not because I said it, but because Jesus said it. Um, 
we have to gently and humbly invest in relationships with the prostitutes and tax collectors in our community. And I, I just, I really feel like that's the key is letting people know like, no matter what, I love you. No matter what you decide to do, like I'm here for you. Um, I think that's the key. And the more the, the, the more the Lord shows me and the more people that the Lord sends, humbly sends our way, the more I realize that we just have to be invested in relationships with those people. Like purely, honestly, and earnestly. I'm not trying to change you. I'm just trying to love you and invest in you. And I'm here for you. That's what they want to know because most of them have never heard it. And when they ask me, Jimbo, why? I can then use that as the conduit to point them because he first did it for me. Um, y'all were really worried like the first three slides were slow. Y'all were really worried, weren't you? Like you were like, this is going to take all night. <laughs> we're going to have to drag the guy off the stage. Um, can I just finish with prayer over my little piece here and then we'll move on? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much Um Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for writing your word on our hearts, Father. Thank you for calling us out of the darkness, Father. Um, thank you for, for loving us so much that you decided to come after us. And Father, please let us be a reflection of that love onto others that may have no love and no light and no hope in their lives, Father. Thank you so much for the opportunity to stand up and and share with these people. And please just let everything that was said, Father, just glorify Jesus and and nothing else, Father. Nothing else. Nothing else, Father. Thank you for this church community and and just watch over us.